The following is a Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to the Power Cap Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the Power Cap Podcast. And now, let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the Power Cat Podcast, part of the 24-7 Sports Network, located on megaphone.fm. This is Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, and Zach Carlson, and we are sponsored by The Fridge. Get into The Fridge for all your summer drinking needs. I know you're drinking. And if you're in Manhattan or the area, the fridge is where you need to go. But not all of you are drinking. Some of you don't drink. But you can now go in there and get things that don't involve alcohol. Well, you always could, but now you can actually go in the liquor store and get things. It gets confusing because it's Kansas. The Kansas make it simple, although they've attempted to do so. How's that for an open? I went to the fridge the other day. What'd you get? I got Boulevard and Bud Light. Uh, thought we were going to be playing league softball. And, and You're then, playing league softball? Yeah, I'm in an old man softball league. <laughs> yep. But uh, then we didn't go to the game, so man. I think we forfeited. <laughs> so man, now I, I have all this Bud Light in my fridge. I hate teams like you. Go Park, I used to have a really good softball team back in the day. We're pretty good. I just think it was not, We got slated for the 9 p.m. game again. Do you play doubleheaders? No. Oh, see, we all of our all of our league games are doubleheaders. And, like, you played – you always had a break in the middle. There was four games. Mm-hmm. So you either played oh, that's an all two day and thing. four, one and three. They don't oh. start until, like, four or five. Well, yeah. And then you nine. Yeah. I had an inside-the-park home run a couple weeks ago. Yeah, because your league sucks. Basically, you hit over the guy in shallow right, and you <laughs> just need to be capable of running. <laughs> yeah, you're not playing at a real high level there, Riley. No, I'm really Believe not. me, I know, because the Go Paracat team did. But by the time I stopped playing, they did. When I played, they didn't. When was the last time you played softball? Here we go. You want to hear this story? Yeah. It's a great story. My buddy Ben Hemmen uh, still tells this story. So uh, Fitz is attempting to spark a rally and a rain-delayed game. <laughs> what's, the, what's the score at this point? I don't know, but we were way old behind, and we ended up winning, by the way. Okay. Well, you just... All right, story's over. <laughs> uh, uh, so I am on first, and someone loops a little single into left center field, and they lollygag. They were lollygaggers. You can't lollygag because when you've got the speed of Fitz, he'll take that third base on you. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. So I turn the corner, and I'm digging. I hear the the dugout come roaring, and I'm going to make it easily because this guy really half-assed it. And it's been raining, so there's like this little mound like the infield was flat, and uh, by the time I get to third, I'm not lifting my feet real high because I'm in that bad of shape. And I my heel catches that mound, and it looked like I was attempting to slide, but actually I tripped, and I go belly first into a soft spot three feet short of the base, <laughs> and have to crawl into third, and still make it because the guy never threw the ball. And I get up, my belly is covered in mud, 
and there is a perfect impression of my belly <laughs> in the infield, and everyone's just dying. But I also, that was the first time I hurt my knee playing softball because I, I did it, and that was the last time I ever played because I had knee surgery after that. I can't stop picturing that scene in Major League where he slides into second, and he's like four feet short. Come on. Come on. <laughs> That's pretty much what I did, but less athletic. So, anyhow, that was the end of my go-park at softball days. But I am going to have a reunion of the guys because it was the Purple Pig team, and then it was the Purple Pig go Cat team, and then it was the go Cat team, and uh, had a long history. So I'm going to have a reunion of everyone. And we will buy our alcohol at the fridge wholesale. <laughs> okay, it's the PowerCat Podcast, and we are sitting here in the WTC Gig Power Studios. It's a beautiful, humid Wednesday afternoon. Morning. That's pretty nice. I, we could say afternoon. Kind of humid, I guess. It's not going to get above 80. Dude, it's so nice right now, and it's this weird. weekend it's going to get to like... 98. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be Kansas. So your questions from Wabash Station and your MC, Zach Carlson. From Purple Cheese, are we surprised that Hunter Ryzen is transferring? No. 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 I, I kind of got the sense, and I, Wagcat had a good post about this. Was it Wagcat? No, it was uh, my good friend, uh, old fella, that he just didn't seem like he fit the culture maybe, of the program. I didn't think he fit Bill Snyder's culture, but they took him because of the relationship with Andre. And the fact that the coaching staff changed and is tied to why he came to K-State, departed. Um, I think he's a very, very talented receiver. But uh, as I post on the board, I don't believe this was the first incident um, that has come up, even if charges are dropped, which we now suspect. Um, if everything goes away, which we now suspect, we think, there's some smoke here. Uh, so I think there was just some discomfort. Well, let's not start off our regime here at Kansas State with just something hovering over the program. Yeah, I think it's – I also, you know, I don't want to create speculation to the point where you think I'm saying this definitively, but I don't see how this could have ended with Hunter Eisen not serving some sort of suspension whether it would be one game, whether it would be three games, whether it would be five games. I don't know what that was going to be, but something tells me he was going to serve some sort of suspension if he had if he had stayed at K-State. And if, you know, we've mentioned kind of some things that we had heard uh, or that we had heard about some things uh, in the past regarding this situation, and if it was as serious as we thought it was, it could have been a lengthy one. And so Chris Kleiman probably knew, hey, I probably got to lay a little bit of law down. I got to probably give him a pretty lengthy suspension. And he probably went to Hunter and said, look, here's the here's the situation. You're going to serve this long a suspension or, or you're gone. I mean, you know, you, or you want to go find a new home. Um, that's, that's what I think probably could have happened here. Um, I don't think it was... I don't think it was definitively, hey, you're gone. I don't think it was definitively, I want to leave. I think it was, we'll let you stay, but this is what you're going to have to go right. through. That was my that's my guess. Uh, you know, according to NCAA rules, you got to sit out again. So I wonder. That's if so it, weird to me. I, I wonder if he'll try to appeal, um, unless he sat out enough where he graduated. No, he played as a true freshman at Michigan State. He didn't graduate yeah. this year. Yeah, he played as a true freshman, so that's why he sat out. But he'll have to sit out another season unless he can get appeal in. Um, do we know where his mom lives? Mm, no. 
Uh, so maybe he'll end up closer to home and try to make up a reason. I, I, and knowing the NCAA, they'll grant it. No but kidding. They'll, but they won't. They'll deny the guy with the dying mother to play right away. In Hunter Risen's defense, I think he should be able to play wherever he goes next year. I know it's a very touchy line to toe there, but, like, dude, he sat out the one-year transfer rule. Something didn't work out here. Just let him play wherever he's going. Don't make him sit out, too. Riley, that would be good for players. That's not good for the institution. It's also true. Uh, I want to touch on that real quick. I don't know. I doubt we have questions on that. But the Big 12 is now pushing back on this transfer rule, the grad transfer rule. Come on, man. Uh, don't quit. Just quit pretending you're about the student athlete. They're indentured servitude to you. Um, once they sign that letter of intent, they got to do all kinds of stuff to get out of their contract, basically. But coach can leave at any moment. This is just, it's nuts. It's crazy. And uh, I don't know. I think that moves it closer to something happening, players forming a union, which would be not good at all for college sports. Yikes. For my like Pickles Cat, what do you expect from the Hunter Rising trial? I expect charges to eventually be dropped. Yeah, I think I think it's all going to go away um, now that the primary witness has gone away. That's yeah. I was gonna. I'm not. I don't expect them to be dropped because they have found evidence proving they had no backing on the arrest or anything like that. I think this has been because of the two parties are both departing and. Yeah, I mean, if you're Manhattan, you want it gone too. Not just K State, Manhattan. He's he's high profile, with his father being Andre Risen. People will pick up on it nationally, and um, you know what Baylor did for Waco's reputation. So because the Waco PD didn't do much in that whole thing. In fact, we're involved probably in covering up stuff. So yeah, you. I think everyone involved just wants us to go away and move on without any of the parties around. And if it does. If the charges do get dropped and and things move on, I just I can't stress enough to fans that like it's gonna look on the surface like he was innocent and Chris Kleiman kind of shoved him out the door and Hunter Risen didn't want to be here and like you know it's just it's not gonna look that good. On Domestic the violence cases are often not cut and dried. There are false accusations, but then there's also times where the accusations are real, but they just don't want to testify for whatever reason, and and it just there's no case there. You can try to charge someone. We we've got such conflicting accounts of what happened, you know, radically from really bad to nothing at all. Um, it's hard to see what's going on. There's no, nothing clear about this at all. So without witnesses, without, you know, it's it's just she said, he said, and uh, they both are leaving. So I think everyone's like, okay, good, bye. Peace. Nope, nothing to see here. Moving on. From Purple Cheese, who will be the big play receiver this season? Uh, big play. That was a nice noise I just made. <laughs> Uh, Cut that one out. Save it. For... <laughs> uh, it's hard to say. It really is. There, there's some young talent on this team, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's some guys that could step up, but Dalton Schoen does kind of fit the way this offense runs. This and offense runs off of a slot receiver. Has been their star receiver quite often. So. That's where you got to try to define big play, you know. Does big play mean Dalton Schoen got the 
18, 22-yard pass over the middle that got the big first down on third down, or does that mean that that Sebastian Taylor caught the back of the corner end zone touchdown that put case, you know, how do you define big play? I don't really know. I think Dalton Schoen will probably be the most targeted receiver this year. Um, or Nick Lenners. Okay. Yes, I know they're receivers. But that's my point is we th- if you're talking about big play people, I mean, there's a couple tight ends in the league that you would consider big play receivers. Yeah. Um, and this offense involves the tight end. I, I just want to clarify something to K-State fans. Uh, it is still legal to throw the ball to the tight end. You can have a forward pass to a tight end. That's not like a covered-up tackle, which I know you've come to believe because they have functioned like a tackle as of late. And I always have to remind K-State fans that Bill Snyder used to throw the, to the tight end on a consistent, regular basis. And that was one of the most baffling things that changed about his offense. He just went away from screens. He went away from throwing to the tight end. He, he just abandoned a lot of stuff that I think you will see now introduced back into the offense. There's some similarities here, but this offense will be a little bit more diverse. And, it, and Nick Lenners adds a wrinkle in here as a guy that can stretch the field as a tight end if, if you call the right plays. From Hard Times Cat, we know the Cats plan to use several running backs this year, and we have heard about all the new additions to the position, but do they plan to use the fullback position any this year? If so, will they use Luke Soa, Mason Barta, or someone else? I mean, they're on Jack Stanine. Yeah. Dude looks like a tank. <laughs> my my thought is it'll be either Barta or Danine. You don't think Soa? I don't think so. Soa. I don't think Soa. I don't think Soa. Soa Sawa? I don't even know. I think it's Sawa. I think it's Sawa. I read it and I was just like, well, yeah, we did it. Um, We're just going to roll with it and pretend like we didn't (laughs) mispronounce it. Um, They'll use the fullback, I think, some. They'll be on the field. And they'll probably move a tight end back there as an H back once in a while. But I don't think you're going to see. I don't think you're going to see the fullback get. Let me how I want to put this. I don't think you're going to see the fullback get carries consistently. Like you're going to see tight ends get passes consistently, if that makes sense. Um, You know, I think tight ends and receivers will be kind of used somewhat equally, whereas running backs will be clear-cut definitive, the ball carriers with the occasional fullback peppered in left and right there and here and there. So I I, I don't think it's going to be, like I said, that consistent. And when it is, I I really do think it could be Jackson Ean. I think it could be a true freshman that burns his red shirt, plays more than four games. They're going to play a freshman. Yeah. yeah, they don't. They don't care. <laughs> it was funny. We were texting about something yesterday in our group text, and I said it wasn't involved in this, but I said every guess, every strategic move that we are making in terms of analyzing things is based on the Bill Snyder philosophy, yeah. and it's different. <laughs> Everything is different. Red shirts, freshmen, uh, experienced players, and uh, playing over maybe more talented players. I mean, it's it's anybody's guess right now. We kind of have to wait and see. We have to see how he uses his talent. That's exactly it. We, it, You ha- learn these rules of the road covering Bill Snyder for so long, and they did kind of evolve through the years, as I just mentioned with the play calling and some of how used players evolved. But um, that all changes. And I think being in the first year and knowing that they had a uh, kind of a, a gap in the talent here, they just didn't have enough depth. They will use some freshmen more than four games. I'm guessing as many as five will will play during their freshman season and exhaust a year of eligibility. Now, 
that creates a possibility of, you know, they can play straight through their career, save that redshirt for an injury, or maybe they redshirt later on. And, you know, when some talent starts to catch up, they have to fill in the depth of this team. That's where the program was slipping. They still had pretty good frontline talent, but they were one injury away from a drop-off, a dramatic drop-off, not just first to second team. I mean, guys, there was a big drop-off, and we could see it in the results on the field. So uh, they're trying to correct that so that they got some more guys that can play, and, and they will certainly use that four games and maintain your redshirt rule. They will use that quite actively, I bet. From Wildcat Wabash, any word on Marcus Hayes' status and his request to play next year? I've heard nothing. Nothing's been updated. I don't expect him to get eligible. I don't see why he would be eligible under the rules. I was, <laughs> I, I didn't want to, like, question Chris Kleiman because, like, one of the first times we had honestly spoken to him in a press conference, but he was like, you know, we're going to try to get Marcus Hayes a waiver, and I wanted to go, on what grounds? He's just It's a transfer. It's closer to home, but not close. And even then, that doesn't justify it in my mind. You made the decision to leave and go away from home the first time. Yeah. The NCAA is weird, though. You have to take yeah. a chance. Like, yeah, I, I agree no, with that. I, I guess I wasn't. I wasn't trying to criticize Chris Kleiman for doing it. It was more like... He sounded so optimistic. Yeah, he made it sound like... I mean, that's why you're asking the question, is because his comments and the way that we reported on it when he said that made it sound like, oh, maybe he's going to get it. And I would be very shocked to see him on the field, just put it that way. From Purple Powerhouse, who do you think will have a breakout year this year? Choose an offensive, defensive, and special teams player. Oh, boy. All right. I already said my offensive guy. Right, they're going to throw to the tight end. No. And if Nick Leonard can stay healthy, that's uh, going to be it's going to be dramatic, I think. Defense, I'm going to say I really think Walter Neal. I think he's going to have a big year. Um, I think he's going to emerge, not start as the locked not lockdown. I think by the end of the year, we're going to look at him as the best cornerback on on the field. Um, I think on offense, I want to go with. I'm going to go with Sebastian Taylor. It's easy, I know. It's lame, I know. But I, he only got thrown two, three times last year. Well, I'm going to pick someone lame on on defense because I think we've only scratched the surface of what we're going to see from Wyatt Hubert. I think he's going to be a Big 12, all Big 12 caliber defensive end this year and very, very disruptive. I feel um, like we've already given it to him just because he's big. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, uh, well, and also they're going to unleash their DNs a little bit more than they did under Bill Snyder. They're going to be a little more aggressive on defense. It was all about gap, I mean, gap sound, stay in your gap. And there's going to be more opportunities to, you know, get out there and make a play, which could create big plays for the offense, but. Uh, the gamble is that you're going to create more big plays for the defense, turnovers and sacks and et cetera, and I think he'll be right in the middle of that. And on special teams, I'm kind of bending the rule here. Um, I think you're going to see, obviously, Blake Lynch do a lot of place kicking, and um, so I don't know if this qualifies necessarily as breakout, but I think that Ty Zentner, the Butler kid that came in, I think he's going to get some, some maybe some field goal attempts, maybe some kickoffs. I don't know. Um, and they might be really limited, but I really do think we're going to see a flash or two out of him where we kind of go, okay, once Blake Lynch is done, or maybe even before Blake Lynch is done, might have some competition in the kicking room. Philip Brooks is primary returner. There you go. Good. 
from Roscoe Freeman. Any word on how Christian Duffy and Katori Leviston are developing? Nothing really big on Duffy. Um, that's kind of because I haven't asked. It's on yeah. me. Um, <clears throat> in terms of Katori, I did notice, and I don't mean to like, I don't call him out or whatever, but he kind of looked a little bigger. Wally and I noticed that on Saturday. Not um, good bigger? Not good bigger. Oh. Um, like me. It might have just been, yeah, well, yeah. It is what it is. It might have just been an angle. It might have just been the shirt he was wearing. Who knows? But That's, that's usually it's my Yeah, that's, yeah, that is, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I do know that that's a problem a lot of the time. Yeah, it's the stripes. I, I wouldn't expect, <laughs> I'm going to put it this way, I'm not expecting Katori to be in the mix this year unless some, some injuries happen and, and they kind of go dip. And he didn't, he's going to need to get after it this summer a little bit. Let's put it that way. From Powercat Ryan, can you expand upon being able to attend these camps as a member of the media and having access to the recruits and coaches? I knew K-State hosted such events, but had no idea what it really entailed or what transpired at a camp. Let me just say this. These have been open at almost every university in the country except Kansas State. And technically, they should have been open because they're public events. I mean, they're attended by the public. Parents can be there. They should. In fact, I remember going at one point. I can't remember what player. It was so long ago. I can't even remember. It was a quarterback I went to see. Uh, when they found out I had gone, they were like, "You can't be there." And I'm like, "Why? The stadium is open. This isn't. This is a public camp. Uh, that was the full blown camp. That was before all of these one day camps and you know seven on seven camps. All this stuff that's erupted. There's no way to." fully measure the magnitude of using these camps properly for a football program, but also using it properly as a football program is allowing the media to attend and generate headlines off of it. This this is positive media coverage almost at every turn because the kids rave about Kansas State. Honestly, they probably rave about every place they go. But you were not hearing it about K-State. So it created an impression they didn't like K-State because, you know, we we didn't have the opportunity to know sometimes what kids were where. So this has been huge. Ryan Wallace, we just mentioned our, our text conversation we have on a daily basis uh, to keep everyone abreast of what's going on. Ryan Wallace was just talking about that this week, about how huge this is and, and uh, how the staff is using these um, to really recruit. This is where they're getting their recruits. Not the satellite camp in Texas, not you know, not the big uh, camps that the top names go to. They want to get players that they're interested in on campus and see them in person, and then sell them on K State, and it's being very effective. But, but as for the question, from our standpoint, it's gold. It's so good to be able to cover football year round because it is year round. It's so good not to be viewed as a as someone that's going to destroy the program if we write about a recruit. It was just obscene how paranoid the previous regime was, and we just, you kind of adapt to it. You've got to adapt to it. If you keep pushing back, you're just going to drive yourself insane. So Ryan Wallace has, has jumped both feet in. He's done a great job. Um, you will be at the Friday I will. one day, yes. and uh, he's unable to come, so Riley's <laughs> filling in. Um, it's just enormous. The biggest thing, you know, Wally said it on Saturday when we were there, he was like, you know, I've talked to some people in the program before in a couple of years past, and they said, you can come and, and watch all you want. You can't write anything. You can't report anything because, you know, they'll know you were there. They'll know you were talking to kids. I was like, why is that an issue? 
they you know they n- there was never a good reason. There was to never there's never good reason. It was just control. And you know it, you you learn so many different things. It's like the kids that or the Butler kids that that Wally wrote about. He probably wasn't going to write a story about them, but we were sitting there watching. I mean, might have you know, down the line, um, but we were sitting there watching drills and. Uh, Hank Jacobs and Chris Kleiman pull this kid out of the drills, and they talk to him for a little bit, and they shake hands. So, you know, we're kind of thinking he got an offer. He didn't, but, um, you know, that inspired us to go like, hey, we need to talk to that kid after the camp. I knew I was going to write about Hadley Panzer, but I saw him go into the tunnel after I spoke to him, and then he gets an offer in there. It's like, yeah, we would learn about it on Twitter two hours later or whatever, but you just know so much more way ahead of time and we're able to cover the the recruits that are actually important a lot better and find me one good reason why we shouldn't be there um and and then we'll stop going but good luck trying to find that reason last question of the first half from powercat ryan which of Kleiman's staff is most likely to stay long term and which ones may be looking up to move quickly and he asks can we hang on to van malone specifically I don't know if I would use the word looking to move on because I don't think any of these guys are looking up, looking to move, move up, move up, move on, whatever. Same same thing. Uh, it is. I think Van Van's been a defensive coordinator. It didn't go particularly well. Um, there's a chance, like in Alabama or someone that just pays outrageous, could come after him. And I know he's just a positive guy. I mean, he he could live in even some place as hideous as Lawrence. And tweet nice things about it. <laughs> Sorry, Katie fans, that was a shot. Um, Crash. <laughs> I, but I think he's sticking around. I think Courtney Messingham is at Chris Kleiman's side. Courtney's never going to probably be a head coach unless he goes to the FCS level, which would be a huge pay cut probably. So I, I think Mess is probably at his side. I think Connor Riley's the one most likely to move on because That's... I think he's going to be – coveted as an offensive line coach and get paid extremely well for that or he's going to be an offensive coordinator yeah you you kind of hit it right on the head there i think connor riley will be gone sooner rather than later but i don't think it's because connor riley is here looking for his next stop i mean i'm sure he's you know told his agent or whatever like hey if there's something out there let me know when you're at north dakota state as an offensive line coach do you have an agent maybe Maybe. i don't think he's actively looking for his next stop but i think he will get recognized very quickly as as a smart coach as somebody that probably deserves to move up and uh and that's why i think he'll probably be gone first off the staff i would guess you know unless somebody chose to retire um that's just my guess uh, and then you know those guys kind of like a uh, brian anderson i don't know You'd have to be really good at running back, I think, for someone to come pick Brian Anderson off. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of where my I, a lot of fits kind of covered a lot of what I was. If Kansas say. State's defense thrives, the personality of Scotty Hazelton will put him on the radar as a head coach. Klanderman probably has to move to linebacker coach somewhere before he would take right. that leap up to coordinator or anything like that. Right. Buddy Wyatt, I guess Buddy Wyatt maybe. If he got an offer somewhere else. Yeah, but. he's kind of the, the age, and he's banged around a lot. You, you'd think maybe he just wants to settle in. He was at KU a lot for yeah. a long time, and I think he likes this area. He gets to recruit Texas. So, I don't know. My my thought is they did a good job putting together a staff that will probably stick around for a while. 
you know, if they move on, it won't be because they want out. Not like Ron Prince's staff that after one year, they're like, I got to get the hell out of here. This guy's insane, <laughs> which is literally what happened. Um, so I, I think these guys will be around. I think, I think the, I don't, barring failure, I think Chris Kleiman's in here for the hall. And a lot of these guys are going to stay at his side as long as they're well compensated and compensated competitively in the marketplace. So we'll see how that all pans out. That is the first half of the PowerCat podcast for this midweek of June. Is it midweek? It is midweek. It's, it's kind of later. When's summer going to arrive? Wait, midweek or mid-June? Mid-June is what I meant. Okay, well, it's after mid-June. So it's late June? I don't even know when it is because summer... Today's the 19th. It won't behave like summer, and it's throwing me off. It still feels like April. It's still still spring. Still feels like spring. And we're loving it. And we're loving doing this podcast as we power through the summer with your questions from Wild Bass Station. We'll be back on the other side. And we are sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. The gang will return with more of the Power Camp Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Back to Fitz of the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. The Power Camp Podcast returns for the mid to late June episode. I'm unsure of what the actual date is. I'm just here loving life. I'm Tim Fitzgerald, that's Riley Gates and Zach Carlson, who are sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. And I forgot to mention Tanners. That's what I forgot to mention in the first half. Uh, our second sponsors are Tanners, which is down in Aggieville, and the Hilo, which is down the street from Tanners in Aggieville. They're great people, and I would encourage you to get down to either one of those or both. Do a little mini pub crawl. Do the podcast pub crawl, which involves two bars. <laughs> I was like, hold on, wait a minute. I think that just means you're eating at one and drinking at the other. <laughs> and and there's no wrong answer. You can eat at one and drink at the other or eat at the other one and drink at the other one, and you are still going to have a great time. You're going to get great service, great food, great drink, and uh, you won't even have to go down into the uh, end of Aggieville uh, where uh, it gets a little crazy. It's Booga Day if you're listening to this on Wednesday, so Look, you can go into Tanner's let's, let's, and get a burger. Talk, let's talk about this. Uh, so Tanner's, their big features are boogas, burgers, and chicken lips, chicken fingers. I get the shtick, but it bothers me, man. Booga bothers me more than chicken lips. But really, booga? 
Zach, you you have a perplexed look on your face. No, I disagree. I think chicken lips are weirder. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, be real, you cook a lot of parts of a chicken. And yeah. So that can make people think you're literally like. It's the beak, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well. A booga, I don't know. Is I, there any? I had a gym teacher in junior high ate his own boogas. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Uh, a, a booger. Uh, <laughs> okay. Put the R on there. And... Yeah. Well, here we go. It's your questions from Wabash Station from right here in the WTC Gig Powered Studios. I like pickles. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> I, like I like pickles. <laughs> cat. <laughs> I like pickles. Cat asks, uh, what positions are now in need for this recruiting class? That's a good question, pickles. It's kind of pretty good because I feel like every time I I have like a grip on what they're gonna do, then they kind of do something else. I, they're still looking at offensive line. I, yeah, I think they feel like that's an area that they really need to restock, and um, I think we'll see them evolve on running back. I was just gonna bring they'll, that they'll up. get into the fall uh, and see what they got. Really have guys at camp or in games. See where they sit, and then they'll figure out what exactly they need at running back. Probably need to attack defensive back a little bit. A lot. A lot of it. <laughs> um, I, they're, they're, they're still just, chasing quarterback. Well, no, I guess not for 2020. I guess it was more 2021. But I feel like they're going to get a quarterback. Um, well, they're going to get another quarterback that might be a different position. You know, I mean – yeah, we'll transition into quarterback, or we'll transition no, out of quarterback. Transition out. They're going to go. They're going to find a quarterback or two that, with the intention of like the Royals drafting two shortstops in the first round. I, I don't know why that's just hard to understand. That only one of them or neither of them will be a shortstop. I mean, George Brett was a shortstop. With Merrifield played shortstop. Who else? I mean, they didn't just go down the list of shortstops. You go get you go get good athletes who know how to play the sport. And then you move into positions, and that's what they'll do with quarterbacks. They're in so need of every position. They got to have defensive backs. I mean, that's that may be the most desperate position on yeah. the team. Defensive back, both corners particularly, but then safeties too. Uh, they need a couple young linebackers. They really do. And they got off to a nice start with linebacker. Right, but probably couldn't hurt to have more. No, that's true. That's true. They have done that. They knew that was a position, and they didn't really need to see what they had. They needed more and better. <laughs> uh, but uh, defensive tackle. I, the, I mean, I still expect them to get uh, a big a old Samoan, Polynesian <laughs> yeah. kid that can uh, come in and have an impact. I think that is a, a mission of Coach Tuiasa Sopo. Was Mark T in a shortstop? Third base. Well, I know he played third. Did he start I don't short? Know. I'm, I'm not sure. I think he not, played everywhere. I'm not. Oh yeah, at I one think point. Mark T did everything except for pitch and catch, and play good baseball. Guys. Well, that's that's a problem. That's usually a requirement of being a baseball player, <laughs> but not of uh, you. Don't, you don't need to be a good softball player to play city league softball. I can confirm that. Okay. From Wildcat Pilot 88, being 29th in recruiting is pretty awesome. What's your guess as to where we will finish in February? 45th. Uh, no, I'm serious. Okay, you said it with a smile on your face. 45th. I, I, they're benefiting right now because they have so many yeah. commitments. And they are of uh, the latest ones are higher than previous K-State recruits, but not dramatically higher. They're probably not going to land any 0.9s on the scale. Um, 
Yeah, probably a low, probably a high forty. I almost want to say like pushing in the sixty. I know it, folks. It's going to be better. I'm trying to. It's going to be better, but the numbers are going to come down. So don't just. It's just the way the system works. They have so many early commitments, and it's going to settle back in, unless they, you know, finish incredibly strong and pick up some four stars and and really have a surge at the end. It'll it'll center out a little bit, but it's going to be improved. It's going to be a sign of progress, and um, in some ways, you don't want it to just happen overnight because then you're probably getting kids honestly that other programs don't want despite their talent yes which which has been typical of k-state five stars and you're getting them because there's been some issues even a four-star like daniel green there were some academic questions there that k-state took a chance on and they got him in um and now we'll see if he can ever really pick up the the defensive schemes between 45 and 55 probably sounds probably seems like a safe bet. So I was optimistic at 45. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to settle in. Don't worry about it, though. It's going to be better than what we've kind of grown used to under Bill Snyder. From Purple Powerhouse, what would you say is the biggest difference in K-State's recruiting philosophy now versus Bill Snyder's philosophy? Trying. <laughs> it can't be that simple. Wow. Making an effort. I mean, I say it as a joke, but I also like definitely mean that. It, you don't, you didn't really see and hear that much about the old staff going out and and you know making it a point to let people know they're on the road and they're looking for you. And they, they, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier they didn't allow us to go to camps, and so we didn't, we didn't know, or you know, are they actively recruiting their camps? Are they just bringing kids in as a courtesy thing? I mean, it's such a different. I mean, like we told you guys it was going to be different, and it's drastically different. Um, they're, it feels like they're going out and finding the athlete that they want. Like we said a lot last week, they're finding the athlete they want that they think they can get on the field. Um, and once they get them here, they'll find a place for them. This staff is being more decisive. They know what they want, and they're closing the when they put an offer out and they really want someone, they're attempting to close. And and one of Bill Snyder's things was he was always measured in his decision-making. <clears throat> what do I mean by that? If you simply wanted him to sign off on the cover of a media guide, it would take months for him to say, okay, yeah, that's fine. Or he'd make some nominal change to it, and then you make the nominal change, and then he'd want a bigger change. and then, So quick decisive thinking I'm just going to say it are you going to retire or not I mean he couldn't even make up his mind on that Uh, and it it was just a personality quirk Uh, and it spilled over in recruiting and it spilled over in play calling when he was calling the plays there was a lot of times where the play got on the field too late to actually run it and they had to take a timeout or get a delay simply because he couldn't decide between this play or that play uh, so we saw it and it happened in recruiting a lot he was the only one who could officially make an offer, and then he'd have to decide if he wanted to make an offer, and then he'd make an offer, and then he had to decide if he wanted to actually, uh, you know, sign the kid, you know, because offer's different. Yeah, maybe a kid could take it and go, hold on, just slow down here. This this group knows we want you in the program, and Chris Clemens like, you know, get the damn recruit. 
Oh, excuse me. Get the dang recruit. Win the dang recruit. Win the dang recruit. I said. I, I think you have to have win dang. and dang. Man. Next question. Now it's basketball, and it's from GPC Riley Gates. He says, talk no. about Nigel Pack, and I oh. say no. <laughs> Nobody asked about the newest commit. Come on, guys. <laughs> you, why didn't you just make up a name? Like, from Farmer Riley. That was really bad. That Farmer Phil. You're trying to think of something funny there, and it just Far- it didn't Farmer happen. with a PH. That doesn't work on a podcast either. I'll get back Saint to John's that. Catholic All Star. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good one. Eight man All Star. Dude, that's a nice pickup. That's a really nice. I hope pickup. the mics picked that up. They did. I am, I am impressed. I thought they had a chance. I thought they were doing pretty good getting him on campus for an official visit. Um, and and after he told me, you know, I want to make a decision before Peach Jam, I'm thinking, okay, K-State's in decent shape. But he went and visited Belmont. He went and visited Northwestern. He had interest from some other places. I kind of thought, ah, eh, he'll hold off. He'll blow up at Peach Jam, and, and that'll be that. I did not expect that when I landed in California, I would be landing to news of K-State getting a basketball commit. And it's a damn good one. He's averaging 18 points a game on the EYBL circuit right now, and and he's not playing for a bad team. Indy Heat is really, really good, and they're going to make some noise at Peach Jam next month. Uh, That's a damn – that's probably the best commit that Bruce Weber has gotten in terms of, hey, he's a good player. Hey, we want him. You know, it's not our second or third option here. We're going out and getting him. It's probably the best one they've landed in. I, I don't. Know, I guess I wasn't all that familiar, but I mean, maybe Levi Stockard, in terms of like, hey, he was really good in high school, and they went out and got him. I again, I didn't. I wasn't really covering the recruitment uh, of him that much. Levi was a four, but you knew you could watch yeah. his film. I'd probably say X. Saber X. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a really good pickup, and now I'm gonna warn everybody. He's going to blow up here. <laughs> yeah, he's going to get some pressure. To They're going to – I wouldn't be shocked if Indiana offers him. I wouldn't be shocked if Purdue, Ohio State maybe will take a look at him because Ohio State's recruiting a couple of kids on his team. Um, like, like if you guys don't – I know we haven't done tons of Peach Jam stuff, um, and this year I'm in a wedding the weekend of Peach Jam, so it's going to be really kind of – limited a little bit but i'll try to do as much peach jam as i can if if you guys don't understand what like how big peach jam is it's massive it's the best of the best on the nike circuit and the nike circuit is the best circuit out there and they're all going head to head and i'm not exaggerating every single college has some sort of coach there and some have multiple coaches well, absolutely. there. absolutely it is going on a lot over the, all over the place yeah. it is insane and he's going to score a lot of points and they're going to know he's a kid because he's a K-State commit. They're going to be talking about him. So he's going to get offers. I don't – my gut tells me right now he'll stay committed. Um, he just kind of seemed like that type of kid when I talked to him. But 
I don't know if there's a quote unquote right school out there that if they offered, he might back off. Yeah, Indiana, commit. I don't know. I, I don't know who that might be if there is one. But uh, for now, it's a really good commit. It's a really good pickup, and and kudos to that to the staff because that's a yeah, great it, get. It's it's a great pick. From all you've told me, he's a good kid. Uh, sounds like it. This is important for this reason. If they can really get an early signing class that is impressive, it buys them goodwill from the fan base if things don't go as as well as some things. Some think this team's going to be NCAA tournament bound next year. I personally don't see it at this point. I've got to see – I've got to witness more development from the big men and other guys to really believe that this team can get to the tournament. Uh, but if they struggle next year, however, they've got some really good players that, that are, you know – not guys that you you think will pan out, but you can see right now in their film these guys are legit. Fans will be okay. That's cool. We'll we'll have this transition year, and then next year uh, you can bring those guys in and and supplement what you have coming back with a very sound freshman class this season. You know, anchored by Dejuan Gordon. I'm never going to get that right. Dejuan, Dejuan, Dejuan. I think Dejuan. <laughs> I, I'm done. Like I'm just gonna wait until we get. To, I think we're gonna talk to him here in a week or two about Team USA. Basically, I just want to be like, "Yo, give I us what your name is," because we're gonna get so many different originations. I'm about ready to do that. Just ask, you know, even a guy like Dean Wade. Uh, could you tell me how you pronounce your name, Dean Wade? Okay, I just want to check because it could have been Dean Jada. Down, 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 Wad, Wadi. <laughs> So it's it's very confusing, but uh, let's just go with Dejuan Jada. Yes, Dorden, Dorden, Dorden. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm fired up. It it was nice. It was good. It's uh, it's a kind of positive vibe that they really needed, and it really took the sting off losing what honestly is a was an okay player out of Vegas. It's not a good look to lose a player to a non-power five, but eh, I didn't care. If you told me, would you rather have Nigel Pack or Nick Blake, I would rather have Nigel Pack. Even if it's a year off. Yeah. From TMAX77, this past year it was mentioned here that Bruce Weber would coach a few more years and then retire. Is that being used against him on the recruiting trail, do you think? I honestly don't know, and I don't think so. I'm not sensing that. I mean, he's not really been public about that. He can be for that reason. But people around him think he's not Bill Snyder. He's... He's got a shelf life here that he may not make it through this freshman class, but if they're really good, I can see it. I'm not sure. I guess maybe we should clarify. We're saying that because that's kind of what we think. That's what some people have said that they think about Bruce. There's nothing hard and fast about that. Yeah. I mean, hell, for all we know, he could go another 10. I don't think there's coaches out there saying, oh, you know, Bruce Weber's on his last leg. Did you listen to the PowerCat podcast? That's what they said. I don't know why they're Um, not listening to the (laughs) podcast. I, I think the coaches out there that he's recruiting against know that Bruce has a lot of energy for somebody his age, and they wouldn't be shocked if he went another five, six, seven years. So they're not going to use right. that as a tool. He's not Bill Snyder. Look, yeah, you could tell Coach Snyder was winding down, and not necessarily from his lack of presence on the recruiting trail, which somehow managed to drop as it went on, and it never was significant. But Bruce Roberts the opposite. He's out there all the time. So he's active. Uh, he's working hard. There's no signs that he's, quote, slowing down. So I don't think it's being used against him. It still wouldn't surprise me if he's got three more in him. And then again, he might go for six, seven. I don't think he's going to go for ten. But I think he might go for a while because he loves coaching basketball and he loves coaching, uh, you know, kids. 
So I, I don't know. I, if he goes and gets another good recruiting class for the following year, like, you know, with Pac being the first of that group, that might prolong his shelf life. If you've got a good team, yeah, get a little bit more spring in your step. From ContraCat, is Bruce Weber's squeaky clean rep the reason he only hires internal below-the-radar types, and is that what keeps some of the rainmaking recruiters off the staff? Okay, uh, those are two different things. Yeah. Uh, you bit off two different things. I think he hires within his staff because Bruce is an intensely loyal person. If you're, if you're working hard for Bruce on his staff, he wants to move you up into an opportunity. I get it. It's incredibly deflating if you're working hard and you're hoping to move up and you really wanted to be an assistant coach and he goes out and hires a different guy who you honestly look at and think, I don't think he's as qualified as I am. So I thought from day one he was going to move people up. I, I never thought he was going to go out and hire someone. I thought this was exactly what he was going to do and we said it and we were right as it turned out. Now, the reason he doesn't get Rainmakers is they do play in the gray area or the black area, depending on who they are. And, of course, when I say black and white, you know, it's rules aren't black and white. There's a lot of gray out there. Yeah, Bruce stays in the, in the white, in the clearly under the rules heading. And you should feel good about that, but it puts K-State at a disadvantage if – the NCAA isn't going to do something. That's why I'm hoping the NCAA wakes up and does something, as has been reported in the near future. He's not going to hire guys that are sketchy, are going to do things that will cast a shadow on his reputation, on the university and the program. And I admire him for that. Uh, but my other side of that is if the NCAA isn't going to enforce the speed limit, go a little bit faster. From Purple Cheese, will either Barry Brown, Kamal Stokes, or Dean Wade ever play in the NBA? Or is it Europe and the G League for these guys? I think Kamal Stokes will not ever play in the NBA or the G League simply because... Size, speed. Well, he's, just, he's not going to get the opportunity right out of the gates. And I think he's going to make enough money playing overseas somewhere that he's going to go, you know, I'll do this for a while and then I'll just kind of live my life. I think Dean Wade will play absolutely in the G League, and I do think he'll get – he'll make a roster at some point. Yeah, he'll, I'm he'll, comfortable saying that. He'll get some action. If he stays healthy, we yeah, got to put yeah. that asterisk with Dean. If he stays healthy, he's going he's gonna to end up somewhere. He's got some skills, and in the right system, he might really fit what they want to do. Uh, and as his, if he can expand his game a little bit more, and by that I mean really stretch that shot out. Really stretch that shot out and be comfortable beyond an NBA three-point line. I think Barry might follow Jake Pullins. Barry's just so tough to predict, and it's because of Jake. Uh, yeah, you look at Jake, who had a much better handle. Barry's got to work on his handle a little bit, handle the ball. Um, but uh, he could get a sip of coffee up in the uh, major leagues there. You might get that. And, you know, Some NBA team might play him a couple times and – fill a spot with an injury guy, but I think for the most part, he's going to make a really good living over in Europe, and he's going to be a fan favorite just as he was at Kansas State. That's exactly what Jake did. He's made a good living. He's had a good life, basketball shelf life. He continues to do so, I think. So it, uh, I see Barry following that. Yeah, I just my gut just tells me he won't. It's too small. He just I don't see how his game fits into the NBA, and you can't say defense because as sad as it is, Nobody gives a damn that Barry Brown, Barry Brown is really good at defense. If you're going to be a, doesn't play it. If you're going to play a defensive stopper, you got to be Wesley Wandu. 
You've got to have that seven-footer wingspan on a smaller body, be really agile, get some lift. You can't be the guy that can just shut down the shorter guards. You've got to be able to guy that can take the guard and take the four. So that's on him. Last question of the second half from – I'm certain I have never said this name on the podcast. Yeah, I don't so welcome. know. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how We're to gonna say it. We're going to figure out how to say this. Itame BB? It. Itame BB. It's like I-T-A-M-B-I-B-I. Either better than I would have. BB. Hey, pal. BB. We're going to call you BB. What is your expectations in Dejuan Gordon's first year? Start. Okay. Yeah, I think he's going to start. Yeah, I've said that from you. We both have said that from day one. Basically, since the season ended, it's like okay, we think Dejuan will start at the two, and I think he'll be really good. And I think I think he'll have a lot of success. But I, I'm probably going to make some people mad by this because he was at Team USA's tryout this week. Doesn't crown him Big Twelve Freshman of the Year. It doesn't make him an All American. All that stuff. Now, he did damn good. He was really impressive out there from all accounts, and and he and he held his own. I mean, it would have been really easy for him to just get shut out the door by those four and five stars out there, and, and uh, you know. But at the same time, and this isn't a dig at him, he was only there because of Bruce, and that's a fact. I mean, uh, you used the resources, and it was a great Which opportunity. Great. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. I'm very happy that he was out there. That's a b- him getting to play in that camp against those players probably made him understand how far he has to go. Yeah. I think he's going to do real well, and I think by the end of the year we're going to look at him as probably one of the best, if not the best, player on the team. But the the thought that he's – that he's this completely underrated four-star pushing a fifth star and that they've just found this hidden gem out in the rough. I guess I'm just I'm struggling to see. I think he is going to be really good, but I think he's got some things he needs to fix. I don't think he is a top 100 player in the class. I think he could develop after time, and we go, man, he was better than some top 100 players. There's a difference between the two, and that's all I'm saying. And I think that that my point on the message board because of text being misconstrued over voice is I I definitely think he's a good player. I just I want to encourage people to pump the brakes. He had a great putback dunk. That doesn't mean he's going to do it every game. I mean, I feel like people saw that highlight. They heard he was doing well, and suddenly they have just they've thought that he's the next coming of whoever. He's going to have a better freshman year than Xavier Sneed did simply because he's going to have more opportunity. But I think his upside probably falls below what Marcus Foster did as a true freshman. Right? Yeah. I mean, Marcus. You can't do much better than Marcus. Marcus had a big impact, but I, and I, and even though the opportunity's there to have that kind of impact, I'm not sure as I sit here today, uh, he will. Of course. At this juncture, leading into Marcus Foster's freshman year, there was no way for me to expect what he did. Right. We knew he had a good, you know, vibe around him, but we were getting the same message that Javon Thomas was going to be an all Big 12 point guard from the same people. So it, you know, sometimes even the people that are out there recruiting them on a day to day basis don't quite see the big picture and feed you misinformation, not wittingly. You know, sometimes they do, but unwittingly. 
I think he's good. I think he's really good. He's clearly the star of this recruiting class. He's going to have an opportunity to, to really push his ceiling because K-State has a need. But I, I not, I'm not convinced he's going to average double figures yet. Maybe he'll get to the teens, low teens. Oh, I doubt it. Maybe 10, 11. I just, yeah, I, I, I can't stress how much it is that I think he's going to be a good player and K-State's going to rely on him at times. But I'm not, I'm not about to go put the pressure of the world on him simply because he had a good week with Team USA. And that's just where I'm at. Yeah, the thing for him is he needs to go out and have a really good start against the nominal competition that K-State will probably have scheduled. Go out and really show that he's better and, and build some confidence and some belief, but also an understanding that when Big 12 play starts, young man, you're going to get defended. You are going <laughs> to get people up in your face like you have never experienced in your life. And if you can acclimate to that and understand how to create your shot, where to get your shot, how to get to the rim, where your game fits in against a really good defense, then you're going to be okay and you're going to grow and thrive. But some guys just get shut down. It was so easy in high school, and then they get here, and it's like, oh, well, everything I was doing doesn't work. We'll <laughs> Everybody is equally as good as me. <laughs> we'll find out. I'm not I'm not uh, pessimistic. I'm not optimistic. Well, I am a little bit, but I think – I think some people are, are thinking he's Michael Jordan. I do. I think some people think he's, uh, you know, has the upside of that. And, look, folks, he's he's a very good player. I don't think I, – I honestly think 24-7 had him rated too low. I think Rivals had him rated too high. I think you said the same thing. Yeah, right in the middle, I think. Yeah. I, um, and, I, you know, and honestly, as someone who's uh, worked with both basketball staffs – I trust 24-7 a lot more than Rivals basketball. I really do. I did, and I did when I was at Rivals. I just, it's just the truth. 24-7 has a serious, really good basketball staff. And and just because you're rated, what, 181, that doesn't mean you're a bad player. It might mean it's an incredible class. It might mean there's a lot of guys very similar to you that on that given day of evaluation, they ranked higher than you, but in reality, you're 120, but there just happen to be 80 guys in your neighborhood of evaluation. It gets very finite, very, very finite when you're trying to break down guys that, that can be so similar, but that position in particular. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we're going to find out pretty quickly. He's going to be thrown into the fire. K-State needs him to be good, and will Dejuan Gordon be as good as he can be? We'll, we'll find out. We can... This is the beauty of the offseason. You can bicker about these things and talk about it. But in the end, the wash gets done, and you've got to find out if the colors are still bright or faded. That's it for the second half of the PowerCat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. This segment is sponsored by the High Low. The first segment is sponsored by Tanners, and we are in the WTC Gig Powered Studios. The gang will return with more of the PowerCat Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back to Fits of the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. The Power Camp Podcast forges forth into the overtime. We're forging forth, gentlemen. We really are. I don't like that. You don't like forging forth? Just be forward, right? Forging forward. It's like forging on. You're moving forward, you're forging forging on. I don't know, forging's just fun. I'm pretty sure I'm right. I'll be glad to change it. I'm not sold. Forging on. Uh, It doesn't have the... That's just what this entire segment's going to be, folks. We're just going (laughs) to... Just going to argue about well, this. Yes, that's it. And that's the Power Camp <laughs> We're sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Get into the fridge for all your entertainment needs, including uh, Kevin will come to your house and dance. Ask for the Kevin Dances at My House package. Don't Someone's going to do it. Don't ask for Kevin's package. <laughs> that gets awkward. That's just bad. We're here in the WTC Gig Powered Studios with another summer edition of the PowerCat Podcast. The first time we've ever had enough to talk about to go through a summer. Guys, we might miss a week or two in July. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be gone so much in July. Yeah, I know. We're going to have some vacations coming up. But we are basically going to get it through the whole summer with nominal break. And, and in the past, we had so little to talk about because there was no recruiting going on and, and nothing was happening and we had no access to information and, uh, that we could take two months off. I still can't believe we did that. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It was crazy. Uh, a lot of things have changed now with Chris Kleiman in charge of uh, K-State football. And it's probably time that you become a member of Go Power Cat. I don't know why you haven't yet. You can get 30% off your annual subscription to GPC. So get on over there. Click join. And go get that annual package that, uh, like I said, will be 30% off, and you will be in the family. Great discussions it's going like on. Six bucks a month, guys. Yeah. I, the, one of the things I love about the new site is we have some serious discussions about K State sports going on, uh, and not a bunch of name calling and not a bunch of nonsense. Uh, really, people discussing things. You know, we could use some more threads. I agree with that. Uh, but then again, the summer, and it's been such an amazing summer. I'm I'm actually very impressed we've had as much discussion as we have because I just want to be by a pool. When it's 80 degrees, just give me a pool. Go out. I'll go out work outside. I'll get stuff done. I walked out the door on Monday, and I was like, oh, I should have played golf today. I, I leave the door open. One of the great things about my dogs is I've got, uh, as, I'm, as most people know, I've got a standard poodle, and that's a, the big kind. And she's goofy and fun and wonderful. But also, we've also had Scottish Terriers, so every screen door we've ever had, she's turned it into a doggy door. <laughs> she, she goes, I can see outside, and thus I will put my head down and keep going until I can go outside. <laughs> 
You know, the Scotties are kind of like cat dogs, so you can't tell her what not to do. And uh, so now we have a screen door that has a great flap. So that thing's been open. The dogs come and go. Run the fan of the house. It's been great. Better shut it soon because it's going to be 90 at the end of this week. Yeah, I'm not such a big fan of that. Not so so much. We will have it shut up, and I think more people will be on the boards at that point when it's 98 degrees and humid in Kansas as it tends to get. As I said, we're sponsored by The Fridge. These are your questions from Wild Bass Station, and this is the overtime. Ask us anything, and we will answer it. And here is Zach Carlson. From Catstat88. If you were kidnapped and the kidnappers allowed you to remain on social media to maintain the illusion of normalcy, Mm -hmm. what comment would you make that would let people know, but not the kidnappers, that you were in trouble? I need to get back to running. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm not. (sighs) I'd say something like. Like if if everybody knows something that's your favorite, once you get kidnapped, you have to be like, okay, I'm a different person right now, and then you make comments like, I hate Whataburger, worst restaurant ever, awesome. or or like, like I've always eaten goldfish my entire life. Like goldfish are the most disgusting thing I've ever had. Whales all the way. Like yeah, I can't stand <laughs> drinking Crown Royal. That's mine. I've got mine, other than what I just said. I was like, didn't you just give yours? <laughs> just sign every tweet, rock chalk. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, but, all right, something's up. Oh, are, Fitz are, hates KU, man. Are the kidnappers stupid? or <laughs> like, <laughs> Do they know do, me? How much, how much research have they done into us? <laughs> because I feel like him, rock chalk, is like, hey, you're just saying that. That's not being normal. We know you're a K-State guy. I feel like well, if the on. kidnappers kidnapped me, they would know a lot about me. But here's the thing about my Twitter. What defines normal? Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm oh, really... I'd say um, not having an animal is your... <laughs> Avatar. Is, <laughs> this has is, been a is, weird have transition. You, have you been kidnapped now that you're using your face? Yeah. <laughs> we just thought it was good for business, and there it is. I'm trying to get verified. <laughs> the secret, the secret verification system. Folks, Twitter hasn't closed its verification system. People are still getting verified. There's just a secret backdoor person that handles it. And then when you find out who it is, you're sworn to secrecy, apparently, and never allowed to reveal it, or you probably lose your own verification. Athletes are getting verified. TV people get verified. That's we don't spend enough money on advertising. That's probably exactly it. I was about to say, not even... OJ can get verified, but he might. Oh no, there it is. He would kill. OJ it. Simpson can't even get verified on Twitter. He would kill to get but verified. But it is him. It's been 25 years. Just kill to get verified. <laughs> yes, it is in fact OJ Simpson. He took a video stating what his Twitter handle was. So you think that and here's the, the Ford Bronco? It's mine. <laughs> if there's anyone who cut through the red tape, it'd be OJ. Good God. <laughs> Come on, can you get it in if the glove fits? Yeah. Or if it doesn't fit? You want to get a third one in there? Nah, got it anymore? I'm good. I'm good. I feel good about myself. Okay. From Concha Cat, what are your way too early predictions for P5 Conference champions and who, or I guess the games, who's going to participate in the game and who the winners are? Hold on. i got to pick two dude. teams out of every conference to play in their... I reply to an OJ tweet. Sorry, go on. <laughs> You want to you want to give it? Yeah. <laughs> OJ Simpson says, someone yesterday asked me what the best advice I ever got was. My mother said to me before she passed, Orenthal, you can't let people and mean speech set your future 
set you further away from GD. That was the best advice I ever got. And by the way, she was the only one who called me Orenthal. <laughs> First reply. <laughs> she should have told you not to murder anybody, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> If you go to O.J. Simpson's Twitter and you read any tweet he has, that's the only replies he gets is talks about <laughs> I, I might follow him just to read the replies. It's like Darren Ravel. <laughs> All right, go on. Oklahoma, Texas, and the Big 12. I'll say Texas. Yeah, I think Texas win, too. I think Oklahoma's going to take a step back this year. Big 10. It's too Wisconsin. Hard. I no. I mean, I feel like yeah, Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Northwestern finds a way to be in no, the mix late, no. but they don't win it. Um, I'll say Ohio State because it's a safe bet. Maryland Rutgers. Uh, I, They're in the same division. I know. <laughs> I'm going to go Ohio State, and you ready? You ready? Huskers. Nebraska. They're another year away yet. I'm just going to go with it just to be that guy. Okay. I mean, they have the easier division, though, so... Uh, ACC, Clemson, and who? Clemson. Clemson and Clemson? <laughs> I, mean, uh, I couldn't tell you who, if Clemson was in the, in the Atlantic or if they were in the Coastal and which other teams are also in the Atlantic I'm or the Coastal. i looking it up. Maybe Miami gets yeah, there? I don't know. I don't care. It's going to be Clemson, so it's not even worth Georgia Tech? No. Pac-12? <laughs> no. Pac-12. Pac I feel like that one's wide open. Washington and is USC that far off? Mm, maybe Utah. Colorado was pretty good, weren't they? Utah or Colorado? I don't pull for Utah. Literally, you could pull a, a name out of the hat in the Pac-12. I think that they equally have named. a one-sixth chance. Washington State, although they lost their quarterback. That was a math thing. A one-sixth chance. I feel like you could pull anybody out of a hat in the Pac-12, with the exception of like Cal. And that's it. And you could be like, yeah, I could see them winning it. Why not? Not Oregon State. Okay, yeah, Oregon State. Sorry, I forgot about them. Two Washington schools. Hell, maybe Oregon. Herm Edwards takes takes Sun Devils back. Maybe Kelvin Sampson I think takes Arizona there. Pac-12 South is literally pull a name out of a hat. Okay. And All it shouldn't be. Think about the programs in that division. USC, UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State. And then the two that seem most prominent right now, for whatever reason, are the newbies, Colorado and Utah. Doesn't make sense to me. Though, someone out of those first four should be a powerhouse. But that Pac-12 conference is so bad right now in everything. I feel like if you put together beach volleyball, they would screw it up. Well, they do have beach volleyball. I don't follow it. I don't know. I they just it's just a mess out in the Pac-12. They're they're getting far less TV money. There's they just don't take sports seriously. You know, I had someone tweet at me. There's a real changing shift uh, in some of those schools because the the typical student base is evaporated, and now some of those schools because they're desirable are really heavy into international student students that. Uh, it's changed the demographics of the the student body so much that there's just not an interest in college sports from the fans. I, I was intrigued by that. Some of those schools are really heavily shifted to international because there's more money in it. Just to keep their doors open. It's crazy. But uh, I I don't care. But, I mean, the Pac-12 is probably not going to be in the 
playoffs again. Probably so. SEC. It's so easy to say Alabama, but it's like, do I really see anybody else doing it? Not really. No, I don't. Alabama. Maybe maybe Auburn pushes them. Maybe. Well, who's from the east then? Florida? Yeah. I'm going to say Georgia. I'm not going to. Oh, yeah, I guess Georgia. I forgot about Georgia. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know on June 19th the state of every team in Kentucky. Different conferences. Oh, exactly. But and Stoops has done a nice job at Kentucky. Yeah, they'll just never be SEC champion good. No. They and just I feel can't like be. This is their window. Championship game good. Come on. <laughs> the right Come to on. lose to Alabama good. Or anybody else in the West. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll go with the, with the basics, the cliches. From I Like Pickles Cat, which former players deserve more respect either in football or basketball? Jeremiah Massey, as I point to him on our wall. Yeah. My guy. Yeah. He, was... he liked my tweet the other day, by the way. I took a picture of the wall, and I said, like, Jeremiah Massey, and I had the heart eye emoji. <laughs> and then he liked that tweet. Did you mention him? No. He... he, like, found it two months later. That's funny stuff. Amazing. Yeah. Ten years after his career, he still, <laughs> he still searches his own name. Can't put away the yearbook. Yeah, I, I look at a guy like Jeremiah Massey, and if you plop him down like on last year's K-State team or, uh, or the the Jake and Michael team as kind of a role player, I mean, that been David Hoskins was supposed to be that player on that team. How good they would have been with someone that just went and rebounded and, and stick backs. He was he was so active. He was so he played so hard. That's why K Staters still fondly remember him because he just played so hard all the time. Football is tough. I always thought thought Winston Dimmel was better than he got credit for, but I was trying to go a little bit before recently. He, he, Winston was was good, but Winston was he, he just got put player. in a bad position by everything, all the politics going on. Um. Kind of became a pawn piece in a way. Scapegoat is the term for that. Uh, Actually, Dana was the scapegoat. They were a package deal. Yeah, fair. Who's an older player that deserves more respect that I'm struggling to come up with right now? I'll, I'll say Jake Waters. Yeah. I think Jake was a really good quarterback. He won some big games. He won at Oklahoma and got hurt in the process and played through it. He was tough. He was a good leader. Um, He's like third in all-time yardage, and he played for two years, third or fourth or something like that, isn't he? He's on the list somewhere. Great young guy. He's in coaching now. I I think Jake, you know, he – He'll never be mentioned about with the great quarterbacks because of Colin and Mike, and he, you know. But and, I think and he more was politics. He was close to Jonathan Beasley. Uh, you know, maybe not as good because John played four years, and uh, so you kind of remember more. But he was like John in the fact that he played through injuries. He played for four years. Beasley, he was here four years. Did he start for two. He he started f- for two. Okay. Uh, and, in fact, in 97 at Tech, uh, Bishop got pulled because he was so bad, and Jonathan won that game. I can't come up with a better football example than Jake Waters. And that whole first year was bogus because so many people, for some reason, had an unnecessary love for Daniel Sams, even though he hadn't proven it on the field. I'll never forget sitting in Lawrence 
on the goal line or whatever, you know, because you can sit wherever you want at KU games. And I watched Jake Waters score two straight touchdowns on the first two times K-State has the ball. Third possession, he goes down the field. He's inside the 10 or something like that, and they pull him out. They put in Daniel Sams inside the 10. He loses like 13 yards, and K-State kicks a field goal. Daniel got pulled. He threw a hissy fit, didn't want to give fans high fives after the games. It was – that whole season will never not frustrate me how fans for some reason thought that Jake Waters – not only not only did they think Daniel Sams was a better quarterback, but that Jake Waters was a bad quarterback. I'll never – Never forget. Yeah, that. people still try to say Jake Waters wasn't a good quarterback. And he I'm threw like, two picks against North Dakota State, and that's why we lost. If Jake Waters hadn't played that game, North Dakota State blows K State out of the water. It's not even close. Just saying. Yeah, it, there's but, some other players. If you go back far enough and think enough, top of my head, I'm not able to pull them out. But mm-hmm. there's some guys back there. You know, probably um, Eric Hickson, Mike Lawrence. They shared the running back, and neither one of them were great, but they were pretty darn good on some really good K-State football teams. From Infected Testicle, when you start adding sound effects again, will the chicken tetrazzini clip make it in? (laughs) Thank you, Infected Testicle, because I forgot about that one until I was putting these questions together. I don't remember that one. Chicken Tetrazzini. Oh. What's funny is it's I remember it more as being a soup clip than a podcast clip. Because that was when the soup was still big, and I feel like a lot, and looking back, I feel like there was some crossover between a lot of the clips we used, between that and the soup. If anybody, like, so remembers all of the sound clips, because, like, we remember a lot of the big ones, but I feel like we're going to forget some pretty important ones. So, like, I don't know, start a thread or something. Most, like, Mike, Mike Breen, bang, Mike, Mike Breen, (laughs) bang. Say that three times fast. Mike Breen, bang. Bang. The bang, Uh, we've got the chips. I love the party, although I don't know if we can get that one back. I don't know, I don't know where that sound is. I wouldn't call the, call the chips a good one. That <laughs> but one. it was iconic. <laughs> it was the worst. <laughs> you pig? Uh, <laughs> that was more pig than chips. The the questions where it's like, a which one do you choose, like, right or wrong, and then the ding and the ant. Okay. See, I, I, I know that there's some out there. I have I'm a file. Remembering. I still have a sound Oh, you file. do? And then, oh, hell yeah. Not all of them. I mean, like, the ones we used all the time, I, there's a file that Wally built that I inherited. <laughs> do you remember um, when you did the mic bring bang, and you did it, like, nine times in a row? It's like, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> But I love how there's multiple versions of the bang. There's yeah. like this bang. <laughs> there's like small ones. <laughs> and then the there, popped close. Molly, I'm sweating. Woo! And but switch it out for Bruce Weber. Woo! <laughs> 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 That's gonna be so much fun. Zach, like we gotta put that video on the podcast <laughs> at some point where we took Bruce Weber and put him in there. <laughs> popped a Molly, I'm sweating. Woo! <laughs> I gotta watch that video now. <laughs> From Adam K sixty three, with the topic of alcohol sales in stadiums, do you think that K State will go stadium wide with sales? And if so, would that curb the binge drinking in parking lots before the game? I don't think K State will sell alcohol until Bill Snyder is completely like out of the picture. That's Not, interesting. Why? Because 
wasn't that because his name's still in the stadium and he said something yeah, about he doesn't it, right? want it at all i mean, I mean he, someone made that known whether he, it was him or gene said it via him or, look uh, and it's not because he's an old old guy i he had a daughter that should have probably died in a drunk driving incident where the, she was the passenger and she, you know she's permanently disabled in terms of being fully functional walking so yeah it changes your perspective you, you wouldn't want anyone out there drinking uh, who might be behind the wheel later. I get it. But I don't think because Coach was so involved in his game day stuff, they're drinking, yeah. just not in the stadium. And they're right. The question's right. They are binge drinking. Something tells me, though, that it wouldn't really stop the binge drinking. Because let's be real. They're going to make the beers 8 $9. Well, what you do is you, you – you stop the pass outs. You can't go out at halftime. Yeah. Right. So I'm just saying, though, like, you, are, I'm going to tell you right you now, if I was tailgating a game and I knew I was going to maybe buy a beer or two, but I'm not going to buy four or five at the game, I'm probably going to walk up to the gate with two beers in my hand and try to finish them before I get to the ticket. I mean, that's just that's just kind of what you a lot of kids do. That's how you roll when you're out of gates. Yeah, you betcha. I don't think it necessarily curbs the binge drinking because I would say that a lot of the people that are binge drinking are not of age to buy the alcohol in the stadium anyway. True. I, I become intrigued because how will getting rid of the ability to leave during the game affect those people? Will they even come in? Because they could go out yeah. at halftime and recharge. Will they even come in at that point? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's going to come. Uh, I think Gene Taylor, the AD, is just kind of sitting back waiting to see how it impacts other schools. Texas has it. Colorado has it. Did OU just add it? Oklahoma State has it. Okay, yeah, Oklahoma State does. I only know Texas because I saw someone come into a basketball game with it. Um, I mean, at Texas, you got to let them bring weed in, anything to get them into the Surely West Virginia has it. Surely, I don't think so. I want to say that they might. I don't know the Big Twelve honestly off the top of my head, but like I feel like some bigger dominoes are going to have to start yeah. falling. You know, like, hey, you take that one first. I kind of agree with Gene on this. Let's sit back, look what kind of problems other people have, and let's see what the real revenue implications are. If it's serious revenue and the problems are nominal, yeah, but. In this world in which nobody's responsible for their own actions, if someone served alcohol at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, climbs behind the wheel even if there's no sales in the fourth quarter, and then has an accident, they'll sue the university for serving them. That's just the way it works nowadays. So those are real-life consequences you've got to calculate in if you're the boss. It's not just simply he's not letting you drink. You know, what if one of those lawsuits stands up? For whatever reason. It wouldn't if I was on the jury, but you just never know anymore. To counter that, every other pro venue, regardless of the sport, sells alcohol until, if it's baseball, the eighth inning, soccer, the 75th minute, basketball, third quarter, football, third quarter. You know, how many how many lawsuits have come from that that have made any sort of, I don't know, national stuff? And I don't think there's anything... You know, you could implement the Chiefs rule that they put in this past year. What's you can it? tailgate, and if you're if you're going to the game, you go in. You know, if you want to drink during the game, you drink in there, or you go home. They don't let you sit out there in the parking lot and do whatever you want during the game. It's not a bad. It's rule to terrible have. in terms of those kids that are going to drink at the parking lot and then try to get home. But okay, I, I actually have a problem with that. 
because Chiefs tickets are so outrageously expensive. Yeah. There were people that would go and set up their TV with an antenna or a satellite and watch the game on a big screen or a projection screen in the parking lot and enjoy the game sounds. And that was kind of a tradition. I get what they're after. This is our private property. If you're not coming to the game, you shouldn't be here. I get it. Uh, maybe they feel like those are the people that are then when everyone's in the stadium, they're prowling around doing stuff. Like the guy who ended up drunk in the wrong car or whatever that was. I can't remember that story. The person climbed into the wrong car, and I'm not sure. So, I, I, Wasn't that an NFL directive, though, that they were given? It wasn't. I'm not the, sure. I don't think it was the Chiefs. I think it was but, the Chiefs let it happen, but then they're like, stop this. But that's a perfect example of trying to control the ramifications of drinking. I mean, I'm on your side. I think this is a stupid rule, but it certainly would counter something. Yeah, it's it. an idea. I wouldn't, yeah. I, I wouldn't argue that it didn't work. It I was unfortunate because it was part of the Chiefs' culture. Right. Tailgating so big, people that couldn't afford to go to the game would come and tailgate and enjoy the game from the parking lot. And it's unfortunate it ends. I, I get it. I think KC will have it in the next couple of years. I really do. I think uh, maybe not this season, but next. When you have it at, at baseball and women's soccer. Is it there of, permanently? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I... I it's the reality is, you're going to have to keep adding things. You know they've added the Wi-Fi strength and to get people in. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> get people into the. If they'd have add WTC, become good Wi-Fi. They should just contract WTC to do their Wi-Fi in the stadium. Cause yeah, it, Gene. Because I know you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> he's, he's probably out mowing the lawn listening to us. So. Uh, I think they'll have it. I'm going to just go out on a limb right here. It better be a strong limb. Uh, 2020. Hmm. Ooh. <laughs> one, one more issue that has to be kind of addressed is a lot of those concession stands at the stadium, they're all a bunch of high school kids yeah. doing a fundraiser for something. You get well, rid of a lot of that. I mean, I certain stands. I think but... you'll have to have standalone beer stations. Yeah, you probably can't put them in the. I think you'd have standalone beer stations, maybe three or four. Two on the east side. Oh, you need more than that. I think you'd need three. Well, not four just or five not just lines. Places. I mean, they'll have a stand that might have three lines to it. Yeah. I don't know. You it's need one every couple sections. But that's a valid point. Maybe that's all going to wait until they do the south end zone renovation, and then they can build that into, um, you know, like a couple of those stands can be built into that lower level of Bramlage that they're going to probably access for added restrooms and. I don't know. We'll see. I'm all for it. I think they should have beer in the press box. We just don't. I don't know. Let's go out on the game. Back to you. <laughs> Didn't you say at Stanford they came up after the game and just passed out beers that's to you? An, that's an old school press box thing. That'd be so nice. It used to be in every press box in the you know going way back, and guys were being flasks and you know yeah you just. Harry, think of Harry Carey. He was hammered by the end of the game because he was drinking the whole time. I mean, and whatever happened to those days? Yeah, well, I think it still goes on in baseball press boxes. I would never quit this job. But yeah, there's still places. Once in a while, you'll see it at a place. So they'll they'll have beer waiting for the beat writers. Stanford galvanized in my brain that they don't really give a crap about college football. They didn't. They, they, It was such a non-event out there. How they ever got good in football, they don't deserve it because they don't 
care about it. Uh, there was hardly anyone there. Uh, right in the middle of the fourth quarter with the game on the line, they yelled, it's pizza time, and brought pizza out for everyone. <laughs> and, and beat writers just got up in the middle of a play to go get pizza. It's like, what the hell's going on in here? There's a damn game going on. Oh, no. It was just, yeah. I, I yelled, get off my lawn. I wish it was pizza time on the field sometimes. I bet. Yeah, I can't you guys see get all the cool stuff. The media just down there eating pizza while they're watching the game <laughs> with a beer. Pizza in my left hand, camera in my right hand on my shoulder. Just After a few beers, you're trying to film with the pizza and you're chewing on your camera. Uh, next question is from I Like Pickles Cat. Who are on your, mo- or on your Mount Rushmore of sports broadcasters? See, I didn't know if this meant like... Radio play-by-play. If it meant like TV commentators, does it mean talk show? Like, like I, does Stuart Scott on Sports Center does that count as a sports broadcaster? Right. I feel like we need to draw our own line. Just I would say announcers. Just like anything. play-by-play. Does TV play-by-play count? I would say j- just TV play-by-play. Not radio. I mean, I think it'd be separate. I don't know. Do do what you want to do. I don't know. Because I mean, I. I I hate to just piggyback off just, what was just said, but I, just, I feel like Harry Carey, if you're including radio, would be on a Mount Rushmore. He has a damn statue at Wrigley Field. Pat Summerall for me. Keith yeah. Jackson from back in the day. Ben Scully. Ben Scully, yeah. Howard Cosell. Man, we haven't even gotten to the year 2000 yet. You think about all the shtick going on right now with all the talk radio or the radio that's being broadcast on the TV, all the shtick they have. Think of Cosell. That's what he did. He was all shtick. I mean, he was enticing Muhammad Ali, you know, for ratings back before that was even thought of. So, it, yeah, I mean, he was so far ahead of his time, and he really wasn't that good. He was just so stylistic. He was kind of the Stephen A. of that era. I think mine would be Harry Carey. Um, I'd hate to put him on there because I don't – Obviously didn't do that, but I feel like Lee Corso, because he's so iconic, he, he was, didn't really... Before a stroke, he was amazing. Yeah. He was so good. Because he could shift from silly humorous to serious insight, and he's right. not really able to do that anymore. Um, college basketball... I, I'll say Fowler and Herb Street. I think they're big Dude, time. thank yeah. you. I was, was going to say Chris Fowler. Brad Nessler. Yeah. Mm. If on. you played NCAA, you know Brad Nessler's voice. I always thought it was weird how Lee Corso would be in the booth for the NCAA football games, but yeah. never in real life. That was really weird. Um, ah, man, there's so many. I hate Mount Rushmore. It needs to be like 10. Not Joe Buck. Yeah. Vern? Yeah. When Vern Lundquist can do Alabama football and golf, then be equally good at it. I feel yeah, like he has to be good. on there. I'm going to say Vern. I'm going to say Lee Corso. I'm going to say uh, Harry Carey. And I'm going to say... Uh, screw it. I'll go Brad Nessler. Not yeah. please, but I'll go Brad Nessler. I'm not going to four. I'm, I'm objecting. We're, we're shaving Lincoln off the, <laughs> off the monument. <laughs> I'll go Vince Scully. Jim Nance. Oh, Jim Nance. Um, hello, friends. Hello, friends. Brad Nessler. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know who else. 
But surely there's someone. About Jim Nance. Ooh, uh, can't. Well, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank right now. What sport? All of them. <laughs> that doesn't from, help me. From Kansas City. He's from Kansas City. Uh, I know. Who oh you're. my goodness. Does ba- NBA, TNT. Oh. Oh. Uh, Kevin Harlan. Yeah. Kevin yeah. Har- Kevin Harlan. Kevin, Kevin Harlan. Harlan. There you go. Sorry, I was thinking TV. He's more and radio. He's well, both. Okay. Yeah. He does radio for the NCAA tournament. TV. He does TV for for the NBA. He does TV for NCAA tournament. Does he? Yeah. Okay. At least the first rounds, but if by the you know by the end of it, he's probably doing radio. Okay. He so does a lot the, of radio, but I've been at the first rounds the last three years. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of where I'd go. Next question. Wait, you want to do yours, Fitz? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Fitz chooses what he answers. Bob, I guess Bob Costas. Okay. Would he be in there? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Before he came a parody of himself. If you want to be, if you want to put him on yours, I'm not going to tell you. He's not going to be on my Mount Rushmore. He might be in my. Uh, he might be on the third attraction at Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Is he the crazy horse? He's crazy. Horse. No, that's He's not. <laughs> that's Joe Buck. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to quite finish this. <laughs> We're going to take forever. From Wagcat, pick three bands to play back to back, to back. For your ultimate concert experience wow. ever. Okay, the thing with this question is, I don't do tons of bands. Like, I like individuals. Well, pick, pick, so, can I do Pick indiv- a concert. Pick your concert lineup. Pick Did a you card, hear that Blink 182 and Lil Wayne are doing a concert? Well, no. Yeah. Where? It's like in Kansas City. Interesting. Or maybe it's Wichita. It's one of the two. Mm. Um, I'll put Queen on there because mm. I do love Queen. I'll put. Uh, mm, I'll put Garth Brooks. It's going to be a really weird concert, by the way. Um, I can't think of a third. Come back to me for my third. I'll think about my third. Oh, man. I just have to pick three. You I've listen never, to a lot of music. I've never been to a concert. I've never been one to go see people live. Like, I don't have anybody I'm passionate enough about to go and see them live. But I will admit, Jonas Brothers coming to Kansas City in September. I was like, you know, their new stuff's pretty fire. Sue me, their new stuff is really good. It's not Disney Channel. It's like, not Disney Channel music. Like their their comeback is impressive. Best three concerts I've seen are um, Leonard Skinner, even the Reformed ones. Um, well, that's all I've seen. I wasn't around pre crash. I wasn't conscious of them. I was around. Um, well, just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, Pink and Michael Buble, but I, the band I've, has always been one of my favorites I've never seen in concert is The Cure. So I, I saw them uh, play at the when they were put into the Rock Hall of Fame this year. I'll videotape that and watch it. Just incredible. That's a weird concert. I'll put Luke three, Combs. Any three of those four, is that's a bizarre lineup of things. Luke Combs is my third. So we've got two country headlining acts and then uh, Queen. And, and I, honestly, if I get Kenny Chesney just to play his beach music, I would go to that. Frankly, if you ask me again in a month, I'll probably have three different answers. I don't stick to one musician, band, whatever. It's like I'm, I bounce around a lot. So think of that. I, I picked someone that sings standards, someone who's pop but... You know, really good in pink. Classic rock. The Cure, which was alternative on the edge of it. 
and then I added in some country. That's pretty much my musical taste. It's pretty good. Pretty good concert you got going on. You there. forgot Camila Cabello though. <laughs> I would. I, she gets down the road. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go watch her. I don't know. She didn't get cast in the new West Side Story, so I'm a little upset about that. <laughs> okay. Okay. They cast an unknown high school girl as Maria Spielberg, living on the edge. Last question of the podcast from Exhausted Nihilist. I see on Twitter that Coach Kleiman will be at Kauffman Stadium Saturday throwing the first pitch before the Royals take on the Twins. Will he win the dang strike zone? I don't mean to dog on Coach Kleiman, but my gut tells me he's either going to bounce it or be way outside. Right. His his warm-ups on that video. Didn't, they weren't real convincing. Uh-uh. Who was the catcher? Was that Messingham. Okay, I thought it was Mess. If you pause it, you can see his mustache. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out, yeah. but I didn't pause it. It's like, Mess. Okay, that's who I thought it was. Coach Coach, Coach Mustache. <laughs> it's, <Twitter, laughs> it's a Twitter handle. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't think it'll be a strike. May, unless Angel Hernandez is umpiring, then it could be a strike. Could be. I don't know who threw out last year. Could eject him, too. I think it was. Throw out. <laughs> He threw at the batter. There is no batter. Does anybody remember who did it last year? Was it a football player? Uh, was it an athlete? I know Gene did it was two it years back. Dean and Barry uh, and Kamau and Chris Weber. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know who did it last year. All I know is Gene did not because I because it was the same day the Corey Sutton stuff went down and he, and Gene like bounced it a little short or something. I was like, it's been a long day for Gene. <laughs> <laughs> so, and as of right now, you and Ross Uglin will be at that game. Will, yes, indeed. The courtesy of our friends at Blue Mark Energy. Yeah, thank you. Got a new ad. Got to slip that in there too. Another sponsor came through and and got us some uh, time. Was that it? That was it. That was it. <laughs> that, 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 that's all. Folks. That's all, folks. That probably should have been it based on your response. <laughs> that's it for this week's PowerCap podcast. We're sponsored by the Fridge, and we will hopefully talk to you next week. We're coming up on the fourth. We're gonna, we'll take the fourth off. When's the fourth ball this year? The Thursday. Yeah, I'm going to be in Hawaii, so I can't. I didn't know you were going to Hawaii. Yeah, leave on the second. Oh my goodness. Are you going to go to Hawaii this summer? No. <laughs> so I told you. that to Pat Strathman, and he goes. Man, I need to be on the GPC payroll. Everybody's going to Hawaii. You and Fritch go to Hawaii together. So you need to go see Tyler. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. If you bring the questions, we'll have the answers right here on the PowerCat Podcast. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.